You're listening to Spraymakers, the podcast where Chris Rossi and Trent Finlayson dive deep into the world of slalom. Our two-week break may have doubled, but we're back. Mid-season stoke is high, but at this stage in the year, little tweaks here and there are part of the game. Learn how to not only handle, but overcome any nagging pains that you may be facing. This is the time of year when wear and tear um, on your body can start to sneak up on you. It's so brutal, man. Where you got you got so much, you have so much desire and stoke to be skiing, and and then all of a sudden there's there's issues that <laughs> arrive, you know. And and I I, know. I just want everybody to know, and and this is something like you know you know when you're watching you know you're watching playoff basketball or hockey yeah. or football or the Euro Cup or any of this stuff, you know, every one of those players is dung up. Like they'll, they'll, they'll carry a healthy status, but they're actually, you have dings. I mean, you're just, that's, yeah. that is part of it. Um, and then you're injured when you actually just can't play. So yes, yeah, good thing. point. it's the same thing with us. Like I, I can remember, you know, I did all my, did all my work off season to, to be as ready as I could. Uh, I work out through the, through the season, you know, I don't just go to full ski mode and, um, yeah, you're just always kind of managing some sort of dinged up. And if you're not, feel very grateful and keep, you know, and, and enjoy all of those sets because it's, uh, yeah. it's it, this is a, it's a rough sport and you got to do your homework before the season starts and then you got to stay on top of it. And man, what a bummer to have, you know, ideal conditions out there, glass calm and oh my elbow is just on fire like i cannot grab the salt shaker at dinner can't yeah. even though i shouldn't grab the salt shaker i'm just saying like you reach for something you're like <laughs> oh my what is wrong with my elbow <laughs> you know yeah and that's the whole thing too is it you know it, obviously there's there's you know there's there's incidents of injury where you know certain things are perhaps unavoidable or perhaps in hindsight 6 weeks ago that elbow started flaring up um and maybe you know a little bit of attention to it at that point might have saved your. I don't want to say saved your season, but it might have, it might have um, helped you manage your season. Because we're not even just talking about you know this is not just as it applies to pros or high level competitors. This is everybody when you get into the you know the thick of summer. You've been skiing a bunch and you just start to feel stuff. So I hope this episode hits you know hits us um, in time that we're just slightly ahead of it. I was. Um, in the boat this morning with, with one of my guys, um, Evan Krause, and he's, he's skiing, he's redlining, he's skiing phenomenally well, but by past six, past seven, all of a sudden his shoulders are in his ears, his biceps are starting to fire. And it's, it's because his hands hurt so bad. So, you know, the, the, these aren't, you know, we're not only going to talk about, you know, these career defining injuries, or actually we're not at all going to talk about career defining injuries. We're going to talk about the little nags, the little aches, the things that you can get ahead of to make sure that, come, you know, two weeks down the road and three weeks before nationals that you're not all of a sudden scratching your head wondering how the heck you're ever going to get back on the water. So let, let's start with that one specifically, because that's not, that's not an injury. That's, that's an unavoidable wear and tear. And I'm, and I'm referring to sore, sore, sore hands, blistered hands, torn hands, bleeding hands. Um, and, and while <clears throat> wear and tear is unavoidable, um, getting into a serious situation with your hands because I've seen serious situations with hands before where, you know, all the, the, 
the all four knuckles, the pad of all four knuckles are bleeding across the, the lower part of your, or the or the, the the paw of your hand, plus all four across the across your um your forefingers bleeding, torn, and a complete mess. And this requires maintenance. So what what's you know, you've been doing this long, long time. So I'm sure this is so second nature to you, but I I'm you know, I often encounter people that just feel like it's part of the part of the game and it is what it is. What What's your protocol here, you know, to keep yourself on the water? Move north. Not bad. That Why easy, is that? Bro. Why is Cause that? Because the, the water's cooler. Yeah. It just is, man. Now, you know, I mean, shoot, spent so That's much true, though. Time. That's something they that a lot of people is. don't even, they don't, they don't, they don't consider that. It's that warm, warm, the water here today was 93 degrees. Right. Exactly. So the higher the water temp gets, the more hands become an issue. Obviously, at the beginning of the season, your first, you know, 20 sets or something like that, depending on how rapidly you put them together. You know, if you go to ski school and you haven't skied at all, that's going to be our focus, you know. And and yeah. coming from me being the guy that says, I want you on your first sets at ski school with a coach, even though you don't have your hands in condition, you know, like, so I do, I've had to do a lot of hand maintenance, um, and a lot of, a lot of set limiting the amount of passes in your sets and limiting the amount of sets that you take depending on wear and tear in your body, you know? So it's, it's, it, it is a real thing. Um, you know, if we want to talk about it, you know, as the water warms up, uh, I would say that, the easiest way to explain it is the water gets less viscous. Like imagine oil cold versus oil warm, right? And so as you pass through a thicker substance, you have more friction um, as you as, as the as the water warms up and the water becomes thinner. You're able to develop more speed. Uh, thus, we're able to create more separation coming into the buoy or more space. And so mm-hmm. that's why people, a lot of people, are like, oh man. You know, I have my I have my ski set up perfect in the in the spring when the water was cool, and then now my hands hurt. I'm overturning. I'm over skiing. Like, what can I do to help this? So there are there are, there are also setup things that we can can address. But yeah. you just got to recognize that that things are going to change, and you're going to have to you you cannot run the same protocol uh, from spring to summer. Um, and it's it's really it's really interesting to to follow that dynamic but but ultimately like straight to the punchline ultimately Mm -hmm. i always had to ramp down in the summer if i was in warm places like if i was in florida it's it's ski at ski at uh eight in the morning and it's it's one maybe two sets and i let my hands determine that like you know what good are you? What good are you if you go out there and you can't even focus? Like your left eye is twitching the whole time because your hands hurt so bad. <laughs> it does you know, hurt you too. see it. Like you can see yeah, it. You're like you're you're trying to coach a a person that's sitting in the water and literally they can't even look at you because they know when they say hit it that their hands are just yeah. going to hurt that much more. Well, but yeah. they want to run buoys. So you know what are, what are some of the things that that you like to 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 do yeah. or advise so, or whatever. Hundred percent. So, like, so, like, just like a few things. One, stay ahead of it. Right. So, I don't let my hands get these huge, huge calluses because the bigger the callus, <clears throat> yeah. Well, first, there's gonna be a, there's gonna be sage. For it. So, right from the start, if your hands are soft, the first step is gonna be blisters. Okay. So that one is avoidable, especially if you are 
someone that works out in the winter, someone that, that is, um, you know, that, that spends a lot of time in the gym. Um, for me, because I'm not a, I'm not a power lifter. I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to crush records. I'm, I'm trying to be water ski fit. I, I absolutely will not wear gloves in the gym. I mean, that's obvious for most people, but for, for some, it, it, it's not as obvious. It, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm going to do as much bar work as possible. Um, meaning, you know, Olympic bar, um, pull-ups, that sort Shock. of thing. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Yeah. Um, so, so I can skip that blister phase because my hands are never going to get out of the callus phase. And then from there, you know, then just sort of real world stuff during the season, I'm never going to let myself get those huge, um, victory calluses. Those they're, they're kind of a source oh, of pride, but yeah. And they're a source of pride because people are like, you check that out. And they look at my hands. They're like, oh, cool. They're callous, but they're, dude, they're, they're not hanging out there. Cause I, I've got, I use, a I use a callus file and it's one side is like a cheese grater. The other side is like a, like a really heavy, uh, sandpaper file. Mm-hmm. Um, you use the cheese grater side to, to get rid of some of the volume of dead skin. And then you smooth it out with the other side because those big gnarly, hook calluses if there's something for the handle to grab there's something for the handle to rip off your hand so you got to get them smooth and they're never going to be you know they're never going to be nine to five smooth hopefully but you know you want those calluses to be flat no well-defined edges nice and smooth um lotioned up you know as crazy as that is you want your skin to be as healthy as possible yeah, not lotioned up right before skiing, but yeah, I, I hear it. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we call this one, we call this self care. So it's not not that. Yeah, we're not talking about like making your cuticles look good, but but uh, yeah, like every night, you know, I'm gonna file down my hands, and I'm gonna I'm I'm, I'm gonna lotion them. I, I want I want my skin to be as healthy as possible. Do you sleep with your hands in socks? <laughs> Dude, do when it's bad, like we get we're we're really dry here in Utah, and there'll be times where my hands are so dry that I'll use that extra thick, you know, type of, uh, extra hand or foot moisturizer yeah, type of I know stuff. What you mean. And then you, you, you lotion that up and then literally I'll put on, I'll put on a couple of socks over my hands just Crazy. to try to hold in some moisture. Cause it's, you don't, you that. just can't be that dry, you know, same yeah. thing with our heels and stuff here. But you know, another thing that I would add to, to that is for mm-hmm. sure, keep your, keep your calluses down. The other thing yeah. is, is you kind of know when your calluses are getting what I would call hot right? Like, yeah, yeah. Ooh, ooh, that's getting borderline. When I feel like my hands are getting borderline, I'm going to, I'm going to pre-tape. I'm going to tape uh. my hands before I rip. I'm not going to let them rip. I'm going to tape them before. So, you know, I took a set in the morning. I could tell my hands were feeling fire, but you know, they're not, I haven't ripped anything yet. I don't have a, you know, I don't have a, a, a pussed up, area or whatever you want to call it, where the liquid starts getting in there. So, so I, I really, really want this second set. The body feels good. What do I do? I take some coach tape, not the waterproof stuff, the stuff, the white coach tape that you would, that you would, uh, tape an ankle with, uh, mm-hmm. worst case scenario, I've used duct tape, but that's not my fave just because it is a slippery substance on the outside. So yeah. it's very, that that's less consistent to use from product of duct tape to product, you know, different manufacturers of it. Some of it's okay. Some of it's crazy slippery. So anyway, I, I, I go with coach, coach tape. <clears throat> and what I do is 
I just take that normal, what is that, an inch and a half width or whatever mm-hmm. that whatever that normal coach tape is. Inch and a is. quarter. I think inch and a quarter. Okay, inch and a quarter. Well, yeah. all I do is I, I peel off about two inches off of the, the roll. It's still attached. And then yeah. I split it in half. Okay. And then okay. I probably pull a 12-inch section lengthwise and then rip it in half. And I probably make three or, you know, two, two different two different sets of that. So at least four strips and I'll run. So it's a, it's a strip of tape. And then the last two inches is, is ripped. So it kind of fingers. No, no, no. no. It's, it's two no. inches, two in, it, it's, it's, it's a, it's a piece of tape ripped in half all the way from okay, a 12 okay, inch section. Got okay. It. Got it. I just usually, I, I just usually start with it ripped off of the, uh, off of the roll yeah. and then I can keep yeah. ripping it. You know, and then Got I, it. and then when, when one side gets worn down, then I rip off the other side, you know, just whatever. But anyway, just about 12 inch long sections ripped in half. So they are, okay. what is that? Half inch to three quarters of an inch wide. And yeah. then I, I put the stick, you know, I stick one end right to my wrist, probably like right where your watch would sit, not right down on the bottom of your palm, but where your watch would sit. I put the it in, there on the inside of your wrist. Yeah. On the inside yeah. of my wrist. Okay. And then I run uh, all the way up and around my finger and back down to my anchor point. And if I only had one hot mm. spot, then I would do two pieces of tape like that. Okay. Yeah. And then, and then I would, then I would rip myself an anchor piece that goes around my wrist and keeps yep. that tape there. Uh, all, the way, if, all the way around? All the way around the wrist. So that, so cool. that those okay. pieces of tape cannot bunch. They cannot shorten. They can't come undone. You know, because what basically what you're trying to do is just give yourself some more, some some, the tape will take the will take the pull instead of your callus. So if your whole hand is is hurt, then I would start at your wrist, go around your first finger, go back down, stop. Take another piece of tape, go around your middle finger, go all the way back down to your wrist, stop. Next, another piece of tape around your ring finger, all the way down your wrist and stop, and then around the pinky and down, and then just put one one finishing piece around your wrist to make sure that all of those ends are anchored on your wrist. And then when you put your glove on, your glove is going to help anchor it as well. And that way you're able to relieve the pressure. Proper tape. I just see so many people tape sideways around their hand and it always bunches up. And just like you said with a callus, any spot that is higher than others is a is a grabbing point and it's going to be a place where it wants to pull. So if you're taping, I call it like I'm taping lengthwise from wrist around the base of the finger back to the wrist. I am not going around my palm sideways. I'm doing all vertical taping. And if you can do that, that, that seems to help a lot. Okay. Uh, another really quick thing, like do you use glove liners? I, I personally do not. Do, okay. you, do you? I can't no, remember. I do no. not. I mean, I have. So, so, but I tried I'll, them. I tried them when I was a kid. I don't use them. Okay. So here's the deal. If you, if you're using, if you're listening and you're using glove liners, my recommendation to you would be maybe next time try one size smaller glove because huh. I, be, I believe what a glove yeah. liner is really doing is taking up space inside of your glove so that you're not getting bunching in your palm. So, yes. right. So what we want to do is maybe instead of having one pair of size, large gloves. Now, I don't know if this is going to work for everybody. There will be people that, you know, just can't fit in a medium, 
And I'm not telling you to try to slam your fingers into something that doesn't go, but, <laughs> yeah. but maybe what you want to do is think about, you know, downsizing your, you know, like most of the time I wear a medium glove. Yep. I have, I do not have small hands, but I wear a medium glove because, you know, the other thing is, is people try gloves on dry and they're like, oh, this one fits perfect. Well, guess what? When they get wet, they are more pliable. They can, they can stretch a little more. So I always want to have my, I want to make sure my gloves are a very tight fit for the reason being that I don't want cloth or Kevlar or any of that stuff in my palm bunching, because if that bunches, it's going to create a hot spot, And that hot spot is always in the traditional place where your calluses show up. Yeah. So, so there's a thought there. And then maybe, yeah, that's a good maybe one. have two different pair of gloves that you alternate back and forth between. You know, something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Just, you know, just, just, uh, just so you're always wearing fresher gloves. You're wearing fresher gloves that, that have less stretch, yeah. maybe less bun- bunching in it. And then, and then here's, here is where you would then add in the glove liner. Once those are really, all those gloves are stretched out and you're like, man, I don't know. My hands are starting to hurt. Then you could try the glove liner if you wanted to. And the glove liner would take up that, that newly formed slop from all of those pulls you put on those gloves and all of a sudden your hands don't hurt so the biggest i guess the biggest the biggest mistake i see people make is they get a brand new pair of gloves and they put glove liners on and use both and that's not that is i is not recommended from my end there may be certain individuals that that is what works for them i am not here to tell you not to do it if it's working but i think it's a backwards approach we want to start with the glove it's not the amount of layering there you're using that liner to take up space. So yeah. Anyway, yeah. that's a good one. Um, quickie, quickie. Anything else to add to the hand? Yeah. Part? <clears throat> you know, you know which one for me is is really important, and and uh, I'm surprised that I don't see it that it isn't used more often. Ice. You got to ice. You got to ice your hands. Like I mean, you've got you've got this this in. They're inflamed. They're they're absolutely swollen. Ice your hands. Um, so my, my go on that is is you know when I get into that part of the season where um, you know, I am going to, I'm going to mind that I'm not skiing too much, but when I need to be skiing, my hands are sore. Um, you know, aside from all the self-care stuff we've already discussed, I'm going to put just simple, I'm gonna put, you know, one ice cube in each hand, you know, just sort of rub them around in, until the, the cube is mostly, uh, uh, has mostly melted and then boom, dry my hands, put my gloves on. Um, and that's one during tournament season, I'm going to do that every tournament. Even if my hands aren't particularly sore, that's, I, I just, I, you know, you, you get that little bit of irritation out of there, a little bit of swelling out of there. And I just feel like my grip is far more superior after, after I've iced my hands. Um, so I mean, that's what I'm, I'm always going to do. You're a world champion. I, I, I would assume that you would do an ice bath every night, bro. And then you're like, <laughs> I just need to ice my hands, but guess what? I just go for the full ice bath. <laughs> that, I, you're also I Canadian, have, bro. <laughs> exactly. You'd be sitting um, in that ice bath with a beer. <laughs> so, okay. So then let, let's finish up with this. So you've got a tear. What, what, you know, the, the, even the best care, like you just when, you know, you've, you're in a situation where you need to ski multiple rounds or da, 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 or we've all experienced it. You, you do, you do tear a callus off. What's, what well, do you, what, what do you, what's your, what's your go-to move? For me, it is, uh, well, number one, if I have, if I have a tear, like if I actually tore it, then mm-hmm. anytime I'm not on the water, I am going to keep it with some Neosporin and a Band-Aid. Yes. Okay. I'm going to keep it. I need to keep it hydrated. There is nothing worse than tearing a callus 
and then having that newly exposed skin dry out and crack. Yes. Oh my word. It's a double tear basically. And that's and what that, we were taught as kids. We were oh. taught that. We were taught to dry it out. I remember going to ski school and they were they would come up with the I can't remember what the orange stuff was, but it just dried it out immediately. Awesome. But now it's cracked and bleeding for a month. Oh, it's just, it's just brutal. So, so number one, I'm going to take care of it. Uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to use the Salva. I'm going to use yeah. the, that's what my kids call it. I mean, they're like, <laughs> they're like, they're like Neosporin Kings. But, you know, you get a scrape, they're like, I need it. Give me a bandaid in that. But anyway, so I keep it, I keep it, uh, lube. If I, if I have a huge, yeah. if I have a huge, let's say a dime size, excuse me, blister that has not popped at night, I will actually, um, use a, use yep. a needle and I will, you know, obviously use some alcohol in the needle, make sure it's clean. And I will pop the top part of that, meaning Drain it. closest to my fingertips, wherever it yep. is that way, because the pull comes from bottom to bottom Great, of your palm to top. Dude, profoundly good point. Yes. Do not do the bottom of it because you're creating a weak spot that's going to want to rip the skin up. So I do yep. it from the top, press the pus out, neosporin, band-aid, even because when you when you just when you just pop it, sorry, this isn't the like the most sexy thing to be talking about. No, dude. When you do pop it, I like to leave the skin on it because it yes. leaves a protective layer above that fresh, freshly ripped skin. So I like to leave it on as long as I can. Um, that's something I do, but I want to pop it and get that juice out of there. That's, that's, uh, that's kind of what I do. And then I'll, then I'll, uh, you know, Neosporin and bandaid it. Now, when it comes time to ski, people are like, Oh, my hand hurts so bad. I'm like, you know what, once you get in the water and soften it up a little bit, it's going to be painful, but it's not going to be that bad. If you follow my recommendation on taping. Okay. So coach tape, yeah. start at the wrist, go up and over. And the only difference that I do once I have a torn piece is that on my first set of tape that goes over the torn piece, I have a, I have a, I have a, you know, a wider piece of tape that I rip off. That's maybe one inch by one inch. And I put it upside down so that the sticky side is up over the, over the rip in the hand. And then I tape over that so that that sticks to the bottom side of the tape, basically just giving me so I don't I don't put fresh tape, sticky tape on a ripped callus, right? Yeah. So you could say a Band-Aid could go there or whatever. I just never found a Band-Aid to work. So I just put a little piece of tape to guard that injured zone that is the sticky side up, not sticky side into the injury. And then yeah. I tape and then I use those long strips of tape over the over the deal anchored at the anchored at the deal uh, anchor at the wrist and then you can you can ski with i mean i call it sausage hands you know <laughs> yeah um how about you I, anything I do, else? I do like that yeah the, and the last one for me is so if i do get a tear like so you know whether uh it was as a blister phase or not or whether it's that that whole callus head just tore right off and i've got that nice big nickel size flap hanging there and it's going to be hanging. It's going to be still attached at the at the top end of, oh. of my of my hand, oh. like the the part closest to the finger. You you got to get some surgical scissors cleaned up, and you've got to you've got to go surgery on this thing. Too often I see people like oh, I'm just going to fold that flap down and, oh. and, and 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 maybe maybe tape it on there. That's it. That's dangerous because I've seen it. I've seen when that flap because you didn't get rid of it. I've seen it where it gets caught. You know, in the hand, like on the handle on your glove, and it actually rips 
I've seen it rip all the way up to the second knuckle on someone's middle finger. What? So yes. So fresh skin. Exactly, dude. So that, that one's, you've got to get rid of that thing. Get rid of it. And then again, trim the edges as nice and clean as you can. So there's nothing for the handle to grab. And because those upward tears. It's um, bad. It's bad. I think Drew Ross used to call them smiley faces when they would tear uh-huh. up his finger a little bit and, and then start to dry out, crack, it's... smile back at him. But um, yeah, get the surgical scissors, get rid of that thing. It's only going to be You don't want that. You do not want to get that torn up it's... into that crease where well, yeah. it, it's between your palm and your finger, right in that joint. If you get up into there, man, that is it. it because you use your hands so much and bend, it will take forever to heal. So um, that was a great point. I literally had over, I'd over, I didn't, I just didn't think about that, but I, I always had a, uh, I always have a pair of toenail clippers, you know, that yeah, I keep that'll in work there too. And, I, and I use yeah. those to get it at least as good as I can. And then I have, you know, like, a a finger, a, a fingernail file. I always have something like that. Yeah. You know, I've got, you know, whatever I can find, I've got, I'm going to make sure I can trim that up because like you said, if there's any kind of ridge there, you might just grab just right and it just shreds that thing. And I, oh, it's terrible. I have yeah, one more, yeah. I have one more thing. One more thing. Good. Your hands are really Good. hurting. And uh, so because I spent a lot of time in Florida and I spent a lot of time in warm water, as the water got really warm, my hands would get, obviously like what we're talking about would get really sore. Uh, another thing to consider is have two diameter handles to practice with. Yeah, good point. So, you know, like my go-to in a tournament used to be, you know, like, 10 years ago, my go-to in a tournament was a 1.062, you know, or whatever that, that number 1.06 handle is what I liked for tournaments, a a skinnier handle. You have more power with your body or you have more power with like, like you can grip it stronger. So I always liked having that a a thicker handle puts a little more pressure on your, uh, forearms, a more forearm grip, things like that. But it, it does relieve that amount of material that can roll in your hand. So, you know, maybe have a one, one, Oh, to practice with and a one Oh six to, to ski early season and tournaments with, or, you know, I mean, shoot, I know guys that are doing those crazy thick handles that I can't even like one, 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 eight or one. Yeah. 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 There were some new ones that came out a couple years ago. Yeah. Yeah. So, but anyway, just a good point, two, two different option, you know, things like that. So another thing that can help is going to a, um, strap glove. You know, I mean, yeah. that's not for everybody because it's it's not an easy transition. Some people, some people can go back and forth. I know uh, J Mac was doing that when he was spending a lot of time in Florida in the summer. He's like, man, my hands just they hurt so bad. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the the vice glove, the radar vice glove, and and that that takes a lot of the you know like when I get out of the water, I use those gloves now because I had an injury and my mm-hmm. grip strength isn't the same anymore. So that's why I was you know with a with a vice glove, I like to go with a thinner handle so that the so that the strap can do more of the work. If you don't know what this is, just you know Google radar vice glove, and you'll be able to see right off the bat. It's like a gymnast strap that's on there. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like when I say hit it at the end of the lake, my hands are are three quarters open. You know, like I'm not even squeezing the handle; I'm just letting the strap pull me up out of the water. You know, when yeah, I come it, out of the turn and I grip the handle. I'm always consciously thinking like open my hand some don't, you know, try to just death grip it. Yeah. It is profound how much of the load that, 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 uh, strap style glove will take. Like you, and 
and, and if you, I mean, if you can get used to it, I, I don't personally use them. I have used them like yourself and during, like, you know, to manage injuries in the past, but I mean, the, the amount of pressure you can take one out of your hands and then go up the chain, your forearms can relax more, your biceps can relax even more, and you can really put all of your energy into, into shoulders, core. Um, and it's surprising how much energy, energy you exert just yeah. through your hands with that death grip. Um, okay. So hands, that's going to be, you know, obviously that's your connection to the handle. So, um, I think the other one I wanted to touch on, and I know you've got, um, experience with this. I, I have a small window of experience with this, but this is one that plagues. I wouldn't even, I would, of, of tournament skiers, I bet you it's gotta be it has to be 40 to 50% of people have struggled with this at some point. And that's just the next, the next, next, uh, link up that chain of connection is, is your elbows. The dreaded one, slack elbow. Oh, and this one is a killer. You know, it's a, uh, medial epicondylitis would be, I guess how it's, it, it, you know, the, how it's medically termed, but it, it's, it's tendonitis on the inside of your elbow. Um, Tell, just just tell us about your experience with it because I I know it snuck up on you and and I know you've you you know through the through the bulk of your career you you dealt with it when you were you know running the the, the biggest buoys and winning winning tournaments it, most people wouldn't even have known that it was probably close to debilitating to you off the water yeah oh man I mean just like like I, I I described it in the in the opening part you know like you're at the table and you reach for your water glass and you get about halfway and all of a sudden severe pain and, and your elbow just flares and you go like, Oh, I, I didn't think about how I was going to grab my water glass, let alone like think about skiing, right? Like everything in high your level, body. high level athlete. And, and it's like, Oh, I better grab the water with my left hand. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and it's like that. And, and I would bet, I'd almost bet that for everyone, it is their outside elbow on their offside turn. So for me, my right elbow always hurt, always hurt. And, and I, I mean, I, you know, I don't get mentioned a lot in, in having a, having, you know, when people talk about like unbelievable offside turns, but if you ask me what my, what my strength through my whole career has been is my offside turn. So, um, so in that sense, like I'm, I'm actually doing a really nice job carving highly technical turns and I still end up with this. And let me just break it down. The way that I see what what skier elbow is, tennis elbow, I don't know, whatever you want to call it, that pain that you get in your elbow is coming from when you finish a turn, you're sucking up slack. As you let that slack out, or we call it, you know, air quotes like taking the hit. Okay. Yeah. As you let that out, your elbow actually ends up hyperextending, meaning that, you know, when you straighten your arm all the way out, your elbow continues four degrees or whatever. So it, it, it creates a, you know, it create it goes the wrong way. Like their elbow does not supposed to go that way. And then as you do that repeatedly time and time and time again, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to find a weak point And that weak point is where that tendon connects to the bone right there in that, in that, uh, in that elbow area. Yeah. So um, yeah. So then, and it is, it's fire. Like you said that oh. in the intro, it's fire, man. So I, like um, you could, you could just, you could touch me with yes. three pounds of pressure in that yes. point, And I literally would want to fall to my knees. 
It's yep. that kind of thing. Like, I mean, you know, you hit your funny bone and you hate that feeling, right? Like there's nobody that thinks that's funny when you hit the funny bone, but I can tell you, and that hurts, it hurts bad. But the, the inside skier elbow one hurts a lot more than that. Oh dude. I, I know. So I, I had oh. a, a brief encounter in, 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 and I remember because it was just so profoundly painful. It was like 2009. I was getting ready for worlds. Um, and I, I just did the classic, you try to take a slack hit out of four ball. And just as a slack came up, I remember kind of making the conscious decision too late. Like, nah, I'm not going to take this, but, but I, it was already under max tension in my hands. And so I just popped the handle and it was like, I like literally, like I'd, I'd always heard about this, but I literally couldn't, I couldn't do a deep water start for days, you know, because no. I mean, I tried to ski that day. Could I literally could not get out of the water. So that's when I went to strap gloves for a while. Um, so I mean, that's an extreme version. I, most, yeah, people, most people are going to get the creep. Yes. Right. Like, okay. oh, I feel it. Oh, I feel it. Oh, I, oh, it's wrecked. There it is. So yeah. when you start, when you start to get that creep, or even if you, you, even if it isn't creeping up on you, what, what, what are some measures then? Um, we, you know, we've already mentioned strap gloves and that one's an odd, that one's a no brainer. Like you will not get this if you're wearing a strap glove. Um, but again, not everyone's comfortable wearing strap gloves. What are some other measures? What what have what have you found success with? Oh, you know you're setting me up. It's like it's like you're setting <laughs> me up just for me to knock it down. This one this one's easy. <laughs> Bent handle, yeah, easy. So they call them radius handles, I yes. think, right? You know, a non straight barred handle. So at the ends or like I, you know, at the ends it has a little bit of curve or whatever it does, so that when you put your hands on, you're not on a flat bar. It curves up on the outsides or towards the yeah. boat on the outside just a little bit. And if you put your hands from a from a straight bar position to that position, and then you try to straighten your arm, what it mm-hmm. does is it limits how much of the it, it starts to limit how much your elbow can hyper hyper extend so and and it's cutting down on the ability for that so number one and it's and you can see it sorry yeah Yeah. and you can see it too like like if you if you just stand up you know and with with square shoulders put your hands straight in front of you you're going to see that your hands are hands are straight you know if they're about 24 to 30 inches apart now bring them so they're 12 or 13 inches apart and you're going to see that the 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 outsides of your hands start to, as you have to get closer, they start to round a little bit. So it, it truly is a, you know, w- with that narrower grip, 12 or 13 inches max, which is all we're allowed to use. It, it's a more anatomically correct position for your hands. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, yep, that, um, that's a, that's a really nice, you did a great way of explaining that, you know, like I, I like that you actually stood up doing it and I, I, I can't see you, but I know <laughs> I you did that. because I, I, yeah, I, I like to hear the sound difference. So you're actually, he's reenacting it while doing it. Um, so I think that that radius is, is definitely is something to, to that helps significantly. Like the moment you feel it switch to that kind of handle, same diameter yeah. you're normally using, you know, all that stuff, uh, that seems to help. What's some other things for you, Trent, that you, that you do, um, you know, like, yeah. So anything uh, else there? I, I, um, again, I've, I've, I've known lots of people that have had a lot of success with going to, a, um, um, doing a, a, a portion of their training or maybe, maybe in the majority of their training with a bigger diameter handle, yep. um, just, just changing, you know, like how, you know, how much you're, you're having to, you're able to grip the handle, you know, being able to relax your forearms a little bit, letting that bigger handle um, sort of take up space in your fingers more so than a smaller handle closer to your palm. Um, 
I know a lot of people that have found success with that. And I've always, I've always used a 1.125. So big on the bigger end of the spectrum. And I've, I've also, apart from that one incident, I haven't had a recurring problem with this. So I, so you know, I, you can kind of chuck it up to, well, perhaps that's why maybe it's, it's, it's that diameter handle is a little bit easier on, on that part of my elbow. Um, the other one, and this one's crazy and we've touched on this in the past. And I just, I know, you know, a skier with real world experience, Thomas Moore dealt with this and he dealt, you know, through the prime of his career, we were talking like, oh, six, oh, seven, oh, eight, oh, nine, 10, 11 in that, in that range. I mean, he was a, he was a young guy dealing with this, you know, it was, this isn't a, something that sneaks up on us, you know, solely when you get a little heavier and not, not ski as much. He was a 20 something year old kid. Um, and on the advice of, and it might've been you, I, I, I don't know whose advice it was. He was told to start getting up palms down just to help, <laughs> just to help alleviate some of that stress of just from the, the deep water starts over and over and over and over again. And it, coupled with a radius handle and doing palms down on his, on his deep water stars just to create a little um, strain balance, or maybe it's more, you know, musculature balance. It completely went away on him. Wade Cox taught me that. And I, that uh, who was a, eh? well, he taught me that, you know, that it, that it, yeah. just, it put less strain on my hands and it, it just felt easier to do. So, and I wouldn't say that it was for my elbow, but it definitely, you know, I'm uh, ev- everything you are trying to do, you're trying to be more efficient at and little things like that make a big deal. Here's yeah. another one. Ice. Yes. That was a b- you know? big uh, one for, sorry, for I probably I just beat you to your punch. I no, should've. no, 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 go, go, go on that because I, I, and I, and I can just, I can applaud that one because that's, I know that was a big part of my therapy protocol when I was suffering. Oh yeah. I mean, you just got to, you want to get the, you want to get the inflammation down. You need to, you know, you need to relieve it. Anytime, anytime your body is constantly getting an alert that something's wrong, it's trying to shut down those things around you. Like if you have a surgery, you know, if you have a surgery, then your proprioceptors shut down around there, which are the things that tell your muscles to fire. Right. So same thing in your elbow, like let's make sure that we're, you know, trying to keep it as calm as, as calm as can be. And on top of that, which I'm learning more and more now, on top of the ice part, yeah, is is also heat to keep it yeah. loose. You know, so you want to okay. alternate ice to heat. You know, on a on a very acute uh, injury where you have uh, significant swelling, that's a really good spot to have ice. After the significant swelling is down, then alternating between ice and heat can go from you slow the blood flow in. And then you promote new blood to come in quickly and rush in, you know, so that's a good idea. And then other thing, as soon as anything feels, I call them dings, right? Like if you're feeling ding, like, Ooh, my elbow, has a ding. This is the time to call your GP and start to think about getting in on a, find a really good PT because these guys have, they have things they can do. You know, body, body therapy for me has been huge. You know, I have a, yeah. my guy here in town, Steve Pageant. you know, like he, he is my body wellness man. Like he keeps, he, you know, he's a rolfing specialist, but he keeps my whole body long and limber. And, um, so massage therapy in, in the forearm and arm can help relieve that elbow pain. You know, there's the raking, scraping stuff that mm-hmm. really helps out. You know, like yes. I, I can't explain to you 
Like th th there are people that this is what their job is. And yet we don't go seek them out until we're injured, until we it, can't yes. do what we want. Yes. My wife yes, that's a, that's a great point, man. Yes, we, yeah. we, we just sort of sit back passively watching or, you know, it's kind of like that thing. You're just like, well, a little bit out of sight, out of mind. I'm just going to kind of ignore this. And, ignore, and then until all of a sudden, like you said, you can't reach for a glass of water. You're, 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 you're months too late at that point. And you're you going to be and, months and I, coming back. Yes. Yes. It's, it's far easier to stay, you know, two steps ahead of something than, than to catch it from a mile behind. Um, and I think that's, that's exactly where, you know, and kind of to wrap this whole thing up where there was a lot, kind of the, the, you know, the last avenue of discussion was exactly that. Like, even if, even if you're not experiencing any of this stuff, I mean, even, even if your hands feel great, you know, get yourself a file, you know, you can get it on Amazon. Most CrossFit gyms sell them, CrossFit gyms sell them, take care of your hands. You know, even if you're not feeling, you know, any sort of discomfort on your elbows, but you, you might just want to explore like, hmm, you know, I, I wonder if, if I just switched the palms down or maybe, you know, I should pay particular pe attention to my forearms after I'm done skiing. Let's make sure they're supple and, and that, the, you know, the, the muscle feels nice and long and, and, uh, and I'm not, you know, I'm not tight going to sleep with, with clenched fists, you know, just do a little bit of self-care, a little bit of a preventative maintenance, preventative measures will go a heck of a long way, you know, as the, the bulk of your season, your nationals, your regionals start to start to creep up on you. You have to take care of your body. And even when you think you're healthy, you, that's when you need to be most focused on body maintenance. I mean, a lot of people won't know this, but the spring I had knee surgery just to clean up a couple of micro tears in my uh, meniscus that were yeah. not, that were not uh, repairing themselves and were causing pain and inflammation. And uh, so you, you end up, you have the surgery and then you end up in physical therapy and uh, obviously, first concern is make sure, make sure the knee's starting to work again. But at the same time, I, I was lucky in that I was at a, just a phenomenal facility here in, in Salt Lake called In Motion. And Tyler and his crew in there, they like, I, I also opened up and said, hey, last year I had a lot of, you know, I had a lot of back pain. I think a lot of it came from my knee, but I had a lot of back pain. Yeah. And so, you know, they, we added into my PT, we doubled up at the same time I was doing knee as, as I could do more and more things, we added more back, uh, strengthening and, and, um, abs and, you know, other parts of my body that will help my back and my knee to fire better. And then yeah. crazy thing happened. I got some vertigo. I was, you know, that I was dealing with or BPPV, whatever they call it, mm -hmm. uh, where your ear crystals get messed up and that's not fun. And weirdly enough, I called my GP and she's like, oh, I got a guy for you. It turns out it was Tyler at in motion. So my PT guy even took care of that. So, you know, I think my guess my point being like, you need to stay on top of that. I have once a week during the summer, I'm getting massage therapy. You know, I mean, yeah. that's that's my rolfing guy. Let's see. You know, I, I go to see him once a week. The, the craziest, the thing I'm most most thankful for is my wife always reminds me. She's like, hey. You know, you need to drink more water. You need to get, you haven't seen Steve this week. You need to get in, you know, oh, you're, you, you didn't sleep well last night. I think tonight's a night to get extra sleep, you know, yeah. rest people is yeah. a, it rest is as important as anything. So anyway, you got to take this holistically. You definitely need to, you definitely need to, uh, preemptively strike versus be reactionary. I just, I like proactive versus reactive, uh, in all things that I do. 
you know, that's why I'd rather defensive drive than, you know, yeah, than, yeah. Than have to react to somebody doing something. Right. So, you know, the <laughs> other thing that just blows my mind is that we just spent that much time on two parts of the body. Yeah, no doubt. You know? Yeah, no doubt. But, but, and, and that's just it. I mean, like, well, um, I think we probably will continue to explore this. Let's just keep going through the chain and in, in further episodes. Cause, um, it, it's exactly that though. Like you think of like, these two, you know, I'm not gonna say injuries, but these two, you know, parts of your body that, that, that are typically seen as just, uh, just kind of sources of contention. It, it, it's a, a lot can be said, just like you said, be, be proactive, um, when things are going great instead of reactive, when it feels like everything's falling apart. Mm-hmm.